0: Bet you came here to hear about art Well, sorry, my friend, that's not what we're about So sit back, grab a drink, and hear us talk Let's hope that by the end we'll all be drunk hi there
1: hi there how's it going um i don't know if you ever saw the the very popular and very good tiktok but there, there was a TikTok maybe a while back now where it's a like all-star joke where it's the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming. Don't stop coming. <laughs> um, Lovely. That's how I feel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Do 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 do. <laughs> Anyways, one of my favorite. Doing? Hi. One of my favorites is the, you better watch out, 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 you better watch Yeah, but that was, that was Vine. <laughs> that was Vine. That was very old. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. in peace, Vine. Yeah. But hi,
1: Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> a thing I've decided to do actually very recently is a Vine compilation video. And then YouTube was like, TikTok? And I was like, no. No. Vine compilation videos. And it was like, TikTok? Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing our best. Uh, slowly but surely, we will crawl out of this perpetual winter and I will be reborn again. Probably. Probably. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> spring will come again elena spring will come again yes it will yes yes oh my god i'm stephanie and i'm elena <laughs> and this is bet you wish this was an art podcast welcome welcome to february i don't want to think about it what is I this? was doing my best to avoid thinking about it and then you were like February and I was like nope that's not what's happening Ugh. that is not the month we are in I'm sorry this is too much stop it uh, but at least today's episode is very fun uh, much like the hope I have for spring this episode is a lot of fun also it's kind <laughs> of sexy very sexy and also the research for it was very sexy so I'm oh, yes I guess I'm in the right state of mind for a February, if you will. Me too. This is a good start. Sure, it's <laughs> dark at four o'clock in the afternoon, but this is a good start. That's not true. We've already had a... What's it called? Mm-hmm. Solstice?
0: Winter solstice. Winter solstice. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but as you can probably tell from this, t- the title of the episode, we're talking about goddesses
1: and in particular
0: fertility goddesses this is the only kind of goddess movement
1: i want to (laughs) be qh so shall we get into it yes (laughs) we shall god
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're so rusty it's fantastic it's fine we're good it's fine TM, tm 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 so so fertility Deities were used to be either a god or a goddess most likely a goddess and they were kind of like associated with giving birth sex and pregnancy in general and crops Mm -hmm. crops were very important oh yeah this is kind of like um it goes all the way back to the oldest times the ancient times Uh, Long, 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 long time ago. Because women and birth and Earth and birth. Mm -hmm. You see what Mm -hmm. I mean? (laughs) Connections were made uh, because Earth is a creator and so is a woman, technically. We birth people (laughs) and so they were connected, even in the ancientest of times. But... In general, it's kind of like one of the earliest wor- worship forms th- thought today. Mm-hmm. It's not like proven that it's the earliest, but for us, with the information that we have, we deduce that it might be the earliest. But we'll get into why i being so makes... alleged, alleged, alleged. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense,
1: right, in the concept of where, especially as civilizations are growing... It's this concept of we're trying to make sense of society. We're trying to make sense of ourselves. We are trying to make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. And this concept of a primal mother figure makes sense because in order to have life, you have to have a mother. And so there's this give-and-take nature in procreation to begin with. And so this concept of the gods having the same structure also makes sense because essentially you're just asking your deities to reflect your reality, which makes more sense than yeah. <laughs> than something you can't actually connect
0: to. Because how do you worship something that you can't connect to? Exactly. And these deities were made so that they could like watch over you, for example, help you have a safe childbirth or mm-hmm. help you have a nice, bountiful harvest and kind of like to to guide you as well as protect you in life and everything that came along yeah. with it. The things that raise you, the things yeah. that keep
1: you safe, the things that keep you nourished, the things that support you, yeah. <laughs> a yeah. more cooperative kind of... Living, if you
0: will. (laughs) Indeed. The female figures that are thought to be goddesses might not be, but thought to be, have been discovered all over the place from Mm -hmm. way, way back. And we'll get into them a little bit later on, but just that the fact that these figures existed like 300,000 years ago is mind-boggling, and it just shows that we're all looking for a type of meaning and self-expression and this is seen even in like the oldest humans generally like the whole idea of the great goddess the great mother goddess is one of the oldest religions that could have existed that probably existed or like Mm -hmm. were worshipped in one way or another as well as like hearth and around the uh, fireplace exactly fire fire and around the fireplace that was also another thing that was very worshipped from the beginning Uh, blow a special kiss to hestia (laughs) who does her goddamn best yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) but then that then associates your god your your deity with like home and protection and domesticity and all of these things that you are you you need in order to like you know fix your basic needs your basic human needs (laughs) essentially and so it makes sense to have gods that like directly impact those spaces for you because it's one of the few things that you can control and so to have another element of like Someone watching over the thing that you hold closest, your family, your home, your safety, makes sense. And what better place to have than, you know, someone who would already be filling that kind of role for you. Whoever was most prevalent and more prominent in
0: a family structure. Yeah, like the, the whole concept of the great goddess or the mother earth mother goddess while it did develop in like the 19th century the whole theory that every goddess that came later on was connected somehow to one great mother goddess that theory it was it was proposed by this german classicist edward gerard mm-hmm. and he kind of like threw in that idea of every goddess being connected and be, dating back to prehistoric one single Mother Earth goddess. And later on, this idea took off. And now, whenever we find, like in archaeology, if you find something new that is like a female form, like statue, or Mm -hmm. most likely statue, we attribute it to Great Mother. And while this theory... It might or might not be true. It's nice to think that it could have been true. Mm -hmm. But the fact is there that every goddess in this area, at least, in the Neolithic Europe, Northern Africa, Western Asia area, they kind of resemble each other a lot, especially as we get closer to the common era. For example, the Mesopotamian goddesses were influenced the greek goddesses and egyptian goddesses uh, influenced the virgin mary and <laughs> they're mm-hmm. all influencing each other <laughs> that's basically it's what's almost happening. like
1: the human connection is to be inspired by other acts what <laughs> it's almost like we love inspo
0: what anyways <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah everything is kind of connected and i love that I love it so much and we're constantly coming back to these similar themes because of the fact that it's so ingrained in how we're trying to make sense of things and how we're trying to find comfort in things and how we're trying to be it's fantastic and then we're also trying to understand ourselves which is like you know one of the nicer more interesting aspects of humanity which is that we have this ability to then like rationally think about things and it's like all right well if if something was going to exist and it was going to be a god of sorts then wouldn't it look like how we look yeah and then you do get those the venus figurines or the quote-unquote venus figurines yeah. and that i think you know, between what the literature says, between what we've been taught, between like how people try to interpret it. It's, it's interesting to see, like, we know that these are bodies, but of what or of whom and for what purpose? And those, you know, those last few questions are almost impossible to answer. But it's, it's curious that what is being made now feels very reminiscent of what was being made then. Everything influences each other. We're going to say, that's going to be the tagline. Everything influences each other. Fertility (laughs) goddesses. Everything influences each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it so much.
0: It is very good.
1: (laughs) Give me more pictures of ancient statuettes of the female body. Thank you. Well. They exist. <laughs> talk they they about do them. <laughs> at some sort of reckless abandon. Doesn't yes. matter what era, doesn't matter what period, doesn't matter what material, doesn't matter what. If there's a civilization with a penchant for creating things, there are nude female bodies. Yes.
0: <laughs> we love it.
1: <laughs> we love it. We, as the Titty Out Committee, uh, love it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Indeed, we do. But seriously, it's it's quite fascinating. Um, uh, there's a lot of problematic nature when you have predominantly male archaeologists and art historians interpreting a lot of these uh, artifacts, especially things from civilizations and cultures that are foreign to the ones that they live in. Yeah, really, anything to do with colonialism? Yeah. Looking at you, 18th, 19th century. <laughs> But even as it's the scholarly literature on it has developed, you do have this continuous returning theme of the goddesses um let's start let's start where all good art history classes start
0: <laughs> let's do it <laughs>
1: which is with the Venus of Willendorf just just a just as a little like capsule to jump into the actual art creating of this because <laughs> otherwise we'll just cry (laughs) we will we have (laughs) and we will (laughs) and 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 i would like to make the caveat as we've made in our notes as we've made forever uh the interpretation and structure of gender in this concept is complicated because we only have contemporary words to talk about ancient things yeah and they may have had different interpretations of gender and sexuality and the structure of a society be it patriarchal matriarchal or egalitarian and it's really difficult to know their thoughts feelings and beliefs on a lot of this yeah so when we say that the figures are predominantly female or when they're predominantly woman it's not that they are necessarily representing women Yeah. It is just the concept that we've adopted for these figures and the context around them tends to lean more towards a cis binary Mm -hmm. than a non binary structure, which is difficult and tends to make a lot of this, as we'll talk about later, prime material (laughs) for a second wave feminist interpretation but, but there's there's limits in that, and it it is frustrating to like continuously have to remind people, especially other art historians, that just because the body is femme in some way doesn't necessarily mean that the body is representing a woman or that that is exclusively for the quote unquote mother interpretation. Yeah. It is just a a vessel. And a little figurine that is depicting so much more than we have words for.
0: <laughs> and that's
1: complicated and that's difficult and that's frustrating for a lot of people who want to engage in this kind of context. But know that, like, when we say woman or female or when we put gender on these things, it's mostly from our background in art history and also just for the sim- not necessarily simplicity. But for the, the condensation, the, a compressed version of what these things could mean.
0: Yeah, these types of art specifically that are related to or like from the era of the uh, Venus of uh, Willendorf, the, these upper Paleolithic statuettes are also in certain, like there, there are some that look female from... Like historical perspective like you said Mm -hmm. and then there are others that are non-binary or you cannot say what gender this figure is representing so that also exists apart from this venus form and the whole venus calling it venus is very strange and unnecessary (laughs) yeah oh it returns to that's
1: just you know that's how we were taught it that's how it's labeled that's how museums acknowledge it smiley face that's how (laughs) the scholarly literature at large acknowledges it
0: but that doesn't mean that that's correct (laughs) exactly we will refer to them as women but keep an open mind about it and keep in mind what stephanie just said so these figures, the, these statuettes, uh, have been found all over, or in some places in Europe, and then they were also found uh, across the Eurasia and even Siberia. And they're usually these carved figurines that are made of either stone or bone or ivory, or are formed in clay and fired. Which is, first of all, metal as fuck. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Forged in fire. Love it. There are about, or even more than 200 of these figures that have been found so far. And they're all different shapes, sizes, different representations. There was one even found in Mohenjo-daro. Yes, (laughs) Yes, and that was cool. <laughs> we've talked about yes, that. Yes, there was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's anywhere later. people <laughs> exist with the creative ability to create things yes. they will make naked woman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, and the original like meaning of it and the purpose of it is still unknown. Mm-hmm. There are several theories as to what they could. Represent and the most thought of, or or the most popular theory is that they represent some type of deity or related to religion in some way, for example, used in rituals or uh, for purposes of expression of health or fertility. They could be another theory is that they are the grandmother goddesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, or that they're not even related to goddesses at all and are just self-portraits of the female artists who were making these uh, figures. And we can't really say which one is true. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's no other evidence other than the figures in front of us it's not like any written text about them has has survived um, survived, yeah. So we just Which is again the hardest part of all of this. We just base our thoughts off theories of our modern minds and we might be incorrect. We're probably incorrect. We're probably knows? incorrect, and that's fine. It's fine. As
1: long as we acknowledge that we're probably wrong about it, it's fine. Yes. Just just it'd be like I said, just be open to growing (laughs) yeah (laughs) taking one truth and holding it in your hand and knowing that there's room for another amen
0: (laughs) amen (laughs) these figures are sometimes are called venus figures and that's venus is a roman goddess that was created way 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 later (laughs) So it's honestly, it's who's already based off of the Greek
1: goddess Aphrodite. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> so it's, it's fine. Yeah, some people, some scholars refer to it as like w- woman of Willendorf or etc. So that's another way you could refer-, refer to it if if you're more comfortable with that. Also, the reason that they were so small is probably because. Uh these societies were quite nomadic. They used to travel a lot, so the size of it is for convenience sake.
1: Also it's easier it's easier to collect enough materials for a small thing than it is a large thing. Yes. True. And if you're going based off of like the the previous materials, you know, you were using things like wood or ivory. Or, you know, soft stone, clay, just little things that you could carve and whittle and, you yeah. know, work on privately by by the light of a fire or during a day and just carve away and have yourself a little figurine. Yeah. A little statuette.
0: <laughs> and this is like, we've, this, these people are, were, didn't have cities back then. It was... No, shocking. <laughs> life on the... The, not the run, but life on the walk. <laughs> they were moving from place to place all the time, and we have seen what people can do when they settle down. Later on, with fucking sphinxes and pyramids and shit, but we're not going to talk about that now.
1: <laughs> we don't have we don't have a year
0: to talk about. <laughs> we will eventually, because we have to. Because <laughs> we have to. But yeah, let's get into Venus of Willendorf. So, the Venus of Willendorf
1: is the art historical classic if you're talking about a Neolithic kind of the Paleolithic embodiment of an icon or of quote unquote art. Yeah. She is no more than four, not even four and a half inches, a little over 11 centimeters tall. She was made in 30, like 30,000 BCE. And she's, like, from the little region of Willendorf. Um, She is this tiny little creature, and it's what you expect from a... If, if you were to look at it, you could go, Oh, yeah, she's, she's an icon to represent fertility. Because she has this small little body that's soft and rotund. She's got these tiny little arms... These heavy, droopy breasts, this full stomach and these big thighs. Ooh, I love her. She's beautiful. Um, and her facial features have been like obscured by a like a hat or pleated hair, this like ornate headpiece mm-hmm. on top of this short, fat, round body, and she is in beautiful condition. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, this is taught to you as the Venus of Willendorf, as a fertility goddess statuette that is supposed to represent, like, the woman's body, and no one knows
0: why it was created, and nobody knows what it was made for. But we have a lot of assumptions. Did you know that uh, Facebook censored it as pornography?
1: <laughs> Excuse- I hate- <laughs> I don't want to talk about... Okay, so... (laughs) I'm not angry. Here's the bit. Um, The internet is going to engage in a radical battle for female and for sexual expression. Uh, And it's been at war with us for a very long time. And (sighs) as uh, hyper-conservative and Christian values try to push their ways into these egalitarian spaces... We are going to see more and more deplatforming of things that we are needing. Yeah. Anyway, support your local sex workers. Uh support your local NSFW artists. Uh write your smut fanfic. Call it a day. <laughs> I'm so yes. angry. Look up Sista. Anyways. 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 Listen to the people who know more about things than you do. You do not know everything. We do not know everything. <laughs> and they tend to hide these. Good for you, Bill. Fasta was a disaster.
0: Anyways, anyways.
1: <laughs> other other Venuses include. <laughs> anyways, the Venus of Willendorf is not the only v- Venus figurine, quote unquote, Ven-, Venus, quote unquote, quote unquote, quote unquote Venus. There's also the Venus of Dolny uh, Vestanise. I don't know um, of Dolni Vestanise, which is like the for earliest example of using ceramics for these little figurines. Um that was discovered that it was made maybe roughly around 29,000 or 25,000 BCE. There's the uh Venus of holefels which is a mammoth ivory bone carving. Uh also extremely small arms, short legs, tiny head and a another round full body. Um, she's dated between 40,000 and 35,000 BCE. These dates just
0: blow Are my mind. Are insane.
1: Blow my. Blow per- my mind. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> we just love to make art, okay? It's lovely. <laughs> we love to make it. We know how it feels. We love to, like, push through things. Ah. Uh- <laughs> I will say, um, a lot of these are called Venuses because of the people who created uh, found them. The guy who discovered the Venus of Holy Fels, the archaeologist Nicholas J. Conrad, Mm
0: -hmm. or Conard.
1: Um, archaeologist Nicholas J. Conrad said that uh this particular statuette quote unquote clearly depicted sexual attributes, which suggests that they are a direct or indirect expression of fertility. Eh. Eh. because that means like every female presenting body that is supposed to be short fat and like clearly blessed <laughs> um is supposed to be a fertility goddess and not all paleolithic statuettes look like that no um there are some that are the slender and long bodies and there are some that are dressed and there are some you know it's yeah. like like the human body There's so many different forms and features and facets of what make a fertility statuette or a female statuette in general.
0: Yeah.
1: Because other than fertility, it could have been a goddess figurine. It could have been a religious object. It could have been used in shamanistic practice. It could have been fun merch for a maternal social organization. (laughs) We don't
0: know. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe the
1: matriarch was selling merch. You
0: don't know. You don't know. And you'll never know. <laughs> but for the purpose of this episode, we put it in here <laughs> because we wanted to talk about it.
1: <laughs> I think one day, one of these days, especially as the literature develops, we should do an episode on the Venus of Willendorf or like the Venus statuettes as a whole. We could. Because like there's so much that goes into the, the description of them. There's so much like ownership of the bodies that we scholars take on be like no she means this when in reality we have no idea and it would just be nice (laughs) to have a long-standing chat with you because unfortunately these may or may not be goddesses but we have a series of things that are goddesses yes that would be let me rephrase this the reason why we associate these figurines with goddesses or with fertility in general is because if we're going based off the written record of religions happening at this time a lot of the attributes that these statuettes have then match neither either near identically or follow in the same genre of actual fertility goddesses that were worshipped and depicted by their worshippers
0: But before we move to them, there's another to mention that's also debated if it's goddess or not. Ooh, yes. Uh, and that is the Seated Woman of Chatalhuyuk. And that is Ooh. also quite an old statuette. It's from 6000 6, BCE, and it is basically it's this uh, baked clay figure. And it's a nude female form. She is sitting on kind of like a chair, and her head hands are on the armrests. And this is thought to be the mother goddess, the earth goddess. Mother Earth, great goddess, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is thought to be a depiction of her giving birth while seated on her throne. and she her hands are resting. On these two feline forms that are either lions, lionesses, or le- leopards or panthers, uh, we don't really know, but yeah, but they're cool. They're very cool, and it kind of uh, also like coincides with this goddess of animals or mistress of animals motif. The head of this one was lost. And the head of one of the feline forms was lost and they have been reconstructed. So the one that you see now, it has like red head, two red heads, and it looks weird, but it's it's supposed to because it's a reconstruction. Um, <laughs> and basically it was found in Turkey, in uh, Çatalhöyük, and it was it, it it is thought to be this first real representation of the mother goddess it's still debated whether it is or not it's a very cool statue and i wanted to mention it so there you go <laughs> because after this yeah sl- slowly in the during the bronze age in europe uh, the it's uh, the goddess form or the goddess status kind of started to deteriorate Mm -hmm. and in came all of these like warrior deities and war gods and switching to sky rather than earth and fatherhood rather than motherhood and this kind of whole image shifted towards like heavily patriarchal uh, symbolism in these religions or in, in these uh, belief systems—the kind of this mystery cults surrounding the mother goddess—still kind of remained, and still like they were very influential, influential on goddesses later on, uh, like Ishtar or Isis or etc. Cybele—they're all kind of like the descendants of this great mother goddess. Theoretically speaking, of course. Of course. Figures start appearing that are more kind of hidden or, like, second second to the first who is the god, who is either Zeus or Shiva or, I don't know, Cyrus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But are still there and they're still very cool and while their statuses kind of have changed thanks to you know that great new religion that
1: swept across the world
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's a bit later
1: but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very generic to be fair though because every time a colony a country or a, a civilization gets conquered they just take the religion of their conquerors that's fair that's, that's fair Take is a strong word, are forced to worship the religion of their conquerors, yeah, yeah, unless you're southern Spain in the year seven hundred and an Islamic empire shows up and says, "Surrender, and you go, okay. and you go, <laughs> oh, uh <laughs> yeah. okay, worship our God, eh, sure, eh. <laughs> same God though, to be fair, to be fair, yes. And Christianity had only been in Spain for like not even a hundred years by the time that the uh, Arab Empire came. Anyways, anyway. this has been Steph talks about <laughs> <Are> these... <laughs> her thesis, her art historical focus.
0: <laughs> oh, we will talk about it in a separate episode once, one of these days.
1: We have one to. of these. <laughs> we have to. I have to get really excited about uh, Islamic Spain again.
0: Yes. <laughs> Anyways. As I derail the conversation, <laughs> <laughs> these goddesses in this new time or this new era kind of started taking on much more than fertility and peace symbols and started becoming like either more twisted seductresses who tricked men. And we're bad because, of course, men are writing yeah. these. <laughs> Have we talked about the three types of woman yet? <sighs> the
1: trends that we're going to follow now are, are three. And I'm sure you've heard of them. They are, they are looked at with reckless abandon <sighs> in, in all sorts of things. And there are different names for it. And there's different like interpretations of what each of them mean. But essentially, it is thus. There's the virgin, there's the mother, and then there's the crone. Yeah. And the crone represents the seductress. Those who are in cahoots to, to trick you and and use you and play you. The mother is supposed to be the one who takes care of you. No longer a virgin, but, but still a good-hearted woman who, who cares and is willing to offer everything to you and to protect you and raise you and then there's the virgin who is to be the one who you protect <sighs> and the quiet naive one and the the, the concept of untouchable <laughs> pure if you will right and i kind of want to throw this trend out the window <laughs> down the toilet just just Go defenestrate away. it to hell because Christ fucking Jesus (laughs) holy shit boring 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 is how I think of this yeah Uh, uh, obnoxious because now women are a
0: prize
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyways yes we're gonna not talk about virginity and I'm sorry (laughs) virginity isn't real this has been my TED talk Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. The next goddess we're going to talk about is Inanna or Ishtar. And she is very cool. Just like everyone else we mentioned so far. And everyone else we will mention after this as well. Everyone is so good. (laughs) So she's basically an ancient Mesopotamian goddess. uh, And she is kind of uh, associated with also like fertility, love, beauty, war... Justice, political power. (laughs) Um, She is the queen of heaven, and she was worshipped by uh, Sumerians, and then worshipped by the uh, Akkadians, and the Babylonians, and Assyrians. She was very well known in the area (laughs) way back. Yes. And recently, too. Basically, she was a love goddess, but she was not a mother goddess, kind of. She was never... Uh, ish. Yes. No. She was a mother, but she wasn't viewed as singularly mother goddess. Um, And essentially, she's one of the oldest goddesses that, like, I think it was 4000 BC... That she first started to be worshipped or, like, was worshipped that we know of maybe even earlier. Thereabouts. Yes. Thereabouts. And, yeah, her cult and worship were both associated with sexual rituals and orgies. Love God that. God bless her. <laughs> we love that for her. Love it. Much
1: like how, like, Aphrodite is seen as a fertility goddess, but she's not necessarily seen as a mother goddess. Kind of that vibe.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ish.
0: <laughs> she, She's k- horny. <laughs> yeah. She is, uh, she is one of the people, one of the goddesses that Aphrodite was kind of influenced by. Later based on. Yeah. And she, uh, some of uh, Ishtar also survived, like the worship of Ishtar survived until like the 18th century. That's very recent. <laughs> Inanna is represented in so many artworks. So yes. many artworks. It's oh, yes. amazing. You can just Google Ishtar and you will see thousands of images of her all over the place. Um, but one of the things we're going to mention here is the uh, Bernie Relief. And this is like this Mesopotamian terracotta plaque, and it's, and it's made in high relief. So it's very like almost the statue is almost like separate from the wall. It's so... I'm just trying to explain what high-relief <laughs> really <it> is. Um, <laughs> You're like, shit, I have to talk about sculptural effects? Uh, <laughs> I don't know words. <laughs> I don't know words. It's like a, a mo- a, almost entirely its own statue, but it's against the wall, kind of. But it's also like you can't take, that, take it off that wall. It's just very... It is so close
1: to being a 3D sculpture. Yes. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: It is in high relief. It is elevated from
0: the surface. <laughs> and this statue may Image. or may not be Ishtar. Ah! What? <laughs> Probably her? It's just that they can't tell when it was made, right? Uh, well, there's three theories of who she might be. The The statue was dated around 1800. Seventeen hundred BC. BC. Yes. Um. And it can either be Lilith, which uh-huh. uh, which is like the demon goddess. She is like the queen of the night, kind of. And the artwork itself is called the Queen of the Night, inspired well, by it's... this Lilith theory. Lilith, re the Adam's first wife. By the way, Ish. This theory was rejected later on, though. (laughs) (laughs) And then they thought it was Ishtar. Why they thought it was an Ishtar is because this lady that we're looking at, she is standing naked, and she has wings that are downturned. She is standing on two lions, and her feet are not human feet. They're bird talons. Yes. And next so she's yeah. awesome. Yes, very awesome. And each side of her there's an owl. Essentially Inanna or Ishtar is the only goddess that was associated with lions at the time. She's also wearing a crown, horned crown that is kind of like the symbol of divinity of goddessness so it can't be a demon logically. <laughs> Could not be a representation of a demon. Um, probably, I don't know. <laughs> and she is also uh her ornaments are associated with this myth uh called Inanna's descent to the underworld. Now <laughs> mm-hmm. this last part, the descent to the underworld, connects us to another theory <laughs> of who mm-hmm. this could be. And that is uh, Ereshkigal who is Uh, Ishtar's older sister and enemy who is the queen of the underworld and this theory is suggested because her wings are downturned instead of upturned which could mean that she is from the underworld and that in this myth of the descent to the underworld Inanna is first to strip off all of her ornaments as she passes through the underworld and her sister her sister's realm it could be that uh ereshkigal picked up her symbols and her ornaments and put it on herself that's the last theory i'm still sticking to the ishtar theory (laughs) all goth
1: all all big titty goth girlfriend vibes yes we love that for her (laughs) We love that for her. It is so cool because it is it is a totally nude female who is just high. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but of course, you cannot talk about fertility goddesses without bringing up the uh, uh, the Hindu goddess or Devi uh, Pavarati, mm-hmm. who is like the pre aryan Indus Valley culture uh, who worshipped her, essentially. She is the other half or subservant of Shiva, and so Parvati kind of encompasses she is the goddess of many hats mm-hmm. when it comes to the Hindi religion, because yep. of the fact that the depending on the name that she's going by, I think that is where it's it's complicated, but also really fascinating is that it is almost always Parvati when we're talking about a female fertility goddess. That's safe to but assume. But she does not always go by that name. No. She can go as because, right? Because Uma is also her title, right? Yeah, it's one of her names. So there's there's Uma or Ma, there's uh, which is when she's the mother figure. There's Durga when she is the monster slayer. There's Parvati when she is the wife of Shiva yeah. or the, the daughter of the Himalayas. And then there's also Kali when she's the destroyer when it's all teeth and death and destruction. I love when Kali. When she herself is Huh. I love Kali. I love Kali. That she is the destroyer, the the creator of worlds, the dark fertile soil, the 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 rushing hurricane, the the flooding of. It's just
0: side point. Fantastic. <laughs> side point. I do not think, <laughs> but this it's is...
1: still all Parvati.
0: <laughs> yes, it is her. <laughs> <laughs> she is her. <laughs> no, but side side point. Uh huh. So I don't know if this is connected. Probably not, but it's still cool. Kali, you know? Mm -hmm. Kali in Georgian means woman. Finally, a Georgian word I can pronounce. (laughs) (laughs) It would be very cool if it's connected, but probably not. (laughs) Well. Who knows? How old is
1: the Georgian language? And how much uh, connection to... Well,
0: and you're right on the land bridge. You could theoretically. Are writing, at least... Is from mm-hmm. the fourth century. it be from what we have. From what we have as evidence. Interesting. But who
1: knows? It
0: could who be. Knows? I don't know if it's an ancient word. I have not looked into it. I just think it's cool. <laughs> you just
1: heard the word and you're like, oh. Yes. Parvati, uh, as the goddess or as the Devi, is represented. In, like I said, goddess of many hats. She is a fertility and love and beauty and marriage and children and devotion and harmony and strength and power. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> she's everything. She's, she's everything. We she does her. it all. <laughs>
1: um, and you can tell uh, in her iconograph in her iconographic tradition, she is typically seen in her iconic red dress, typically a sari, but sometimes other Types of fabric variations, um, and she'll have a headband. When she's against Shiva, she typically has two arms, but when she's alone, we have seen you know depictions of her with four, mm-hmm. and her hands will be holding all of the you know the symbols for God. You know, depending on the type of variation she is, it could be a sickle, it could be a it could be a trident. It could be rosemaries or bells or sugarcane or flowers. Yeah. Um, that's so good. She- <laughs> also, like, when she is paired with Shiva, it's really interesting because of the balance that they always try to depict with them. Parvati is supposed to be, like, the other half of this god, the, like, creator of the world. but she but she clearly is the creator of the world, even though Shiva is the one who is supposedly rules it. So it's, it's an interesting balance.
0: Yeah. And it's also, when they are depicted together, Shiva is also always the bigger one. Like the yeah. much bigger and godly one. And then Shiva is nah, the nah, smaller nah, nah, version nah. with two hands. Why not give her four hands? Give her four hands! <laughs> give her four hands. <laughs> yeah
1: give give parvati four hands she deserves it
0: yeah this is also kind of this is also kind of related to the moving away from goddesses thing that we talked about earlier and moving into like the male dominance the male driven (laughs) yes where it's
1: necessary to still have a female goddess and like depict them in a in a role you demote the role. You don't change the role. You demote the role yeah. so that another role can be more important. Yeah. The the warfaring type societies then will worship warrior gods with more fervor and therefore give them more importance than, say, a domestic god, like a like a fertility goddess. Yeah. Despite the fact you need <laughs> the fertility <laughs> goddess.
0: If, do you
1: have children Ugh. I keep thinking about the uh two thing I'm sorry, Ugh. anyways, before I get more upset <laughs> 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 um, but Parvati like is a depiction of mother provider, goddess, lover da 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 yes, she is the perfect wife as opposed to like. Or or similarly to Greek tradition of uh, Hera, the mother, or like the
0: marriage goddess yeah. of sorts. I think it will be more connected to Grey Mother, because that oh. one encapsulated kind of everything. While Hera and Artemis and Athena and Aphrodite, they all kind of inherited bits and pieces of... Of the Great Mother, while Parvati has everything. She's literally everything. She's literally everything. She, she, she's, literally everything. <laughs> she's amazing. I want to read all about her myths, and I will. <laughs> but to move forward with another <laughs> goddess, let's, so let, let's go to Egypt for a second, because they have do- a do- great do- goddess. Do- 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 do. <laughs> We're in Egypt now. So, Isis. Isis. <laughs> Isis. <laughs> so Isis is a major one of the major goddesses of the ancient Egyptian religion and she is uh she starts to appear first in the Old Kingdom which is like 2600 to 2100 BCE and she is the one who appears in the Osiris myth where she uh, resurrects her husband who is himself the king Osiris and she produces or gives birth to their heir Horus who is another big god who is like the protector of humans kind of they're all very important but Isis is the mother and Isis is the kind of like Probably the main goddess, right? I would say she's the main. Ah, I'm saying she is the main she, goddess. <laughs> she's the main goddess of my heart. Yes, and she is um, most commonly kind of depicted with this with this sheath dress and a staff of papyrus in one hand and an ankh sim and an ankh sign, which is like the cross. Kind of, but at the top it's round. I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly. It's a symbol of life, essentially. Um, the image of her with her son Horus is what I wanted to talk about. So essentially, she, a lot of the statues of Isis that we have with Horus are of her breastfeeding Horus, who is her son who is represented mostly as a grown, small man. because Like all children are, clearly. (laughs) Like all gods are, because gods are mostly, even as babies, represented as uh, grown men because they didn't want to disrespect them by making them into babies. So they depicted like grown-up men. This kind of also coincides with the ugly medieval... Jesus babies? The the Jesus man baby? Yes. Kind of, because they also wanted to go with that, but then they kind of mixed the two, and it didn't come out right. Anyways, that's a whole other issue. They tried. (laughs) They tried. They tried. (laughs) They've never seen a baby
1: before, and they said, how about instead small man? They wanted to make a small man.
0: That's the point.
1: (laughs) They said, son of God is actually a grown man who pays rent. Yes. Uh, yes. Look at how he sucketh from the titty.
0: <laughs> but that image... <laughs> that image is actually connected <laughs> to this one. So Isis and Horace and the whole breastfeeding scene of her sitting down and H- Horace being on her lap and feed, like feeding him. That whole image... Kind of later was adopted by Christianity, where Virgin Mary feeds baby Jesus. And that imagery... Grown man baby Jesus. Not in every piece. Just (laughs) just imagine baby Jesus. (laughs) The the small infant. Small infant child. And it was (laughs) kind of this like influence that came from ancient Egyptian... Isis, which is very Isis. cool. <laughs> and I love that. Goddesses are so cool. They are. They're very cool and I love them all. <laughs> it was hard to choose which ones we would talk about. <sighs> no, yeah,
1: for a thousand percent. I will say that I am stronger in my history of like the Greek pantheon because that's kind of like what I grew up being obsessed with yeah. and finding these themes and like developing myself and my interest in religion and like Greek like and mythology in general through the Greek lens yeah
0: I would say the same and so it's really hard for me to like unlearn that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I get it because I would also say the same I'm mostly familiar with Greek and Roman mythology Mm -hmm. and a bit of Egyptian mythology but like There's so much more, so much more out there that I want to know. And this was a great, like, exercise to kind of get me into it again. Like, the research for this episode, it was a lot of fun. Very overwhelming, because there's so much information out there. (laughs) Yep. But I love it. Live for it. (laughs) No, we'd live for this. God, I just,
1: I love this so much. Shall we talk I about Artemis of oh. Ephesus? <laughs> Haven't we already talked about the Greeks enough? <laughs> but, the, but
0: the testicles. <laughs> I just love that point.
1: <laughs> well, because it ties into literally every... Anyways, let's do it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Tell... Artemis. Oh, man. Artemis of Ephesus. Uh, I'm not gonna... It's not the same Artemis that we've been talking about. <laughs>
0: No. No, it's not. This one is from Anatolia, which is modern-day Turkey. And she was kind of also like known as one of the great mother goddesses and lady of animals. It's a common theme associated with fertility. And she is kind of like the precursor of the Artemis that we see later on in Greek mythology. However... Our Artemis of Ephesus is depicted completely, like entirely different from the Artemis, the Artemis in the Greek myths, because she, in traditional interpretations, she is like wearing this very long skirt or dress, um, and she has these oval objects in front of her being that are like many many oval objects that were thought once to be breasts and this was a very widespread idea even i was taught that they were breasts in our history class which is mm-hmm. it's 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 like it might be but there's better theories that are much more solid that uh, yeah in like actual proof And one of uh, like the reason because of the the reason why the breast theory is kind of argued against is because frequently in her depictions her skin is colored black while her uh, body or like her dress what she's wearing is left uh, in a different color and the oval shapes are also left in that different color they're not black so it could. couldn't be her skin. It would not make sense. Mm-hmm. There are other theories of what these could be. Is One, that they're decorations. And that they could yes. be these amber gourd uh, shaped drops. Uh, uh-huh. Or like fertility symbols. And B, they could be bull's testicles. God bless. Which is also kind of like fertility connected. Kind of like fertility. <laughs> it's connected. <laughs> she's also like because of her uh, connection to animals her uh, clothes have these symbols of animals all around her all all on her and uh, like zodiac uh, also and she is sometimes wearing this crown that has city walls Uh, is the idea of kind of like the She's the protector of the city um, and of the people. But yeah. That's the that's what I wanted to say about her. We can end this she's episode hot. now. I am no, happy. She's hot.
1: <laughs> she's very hot. Uh, going back to the gender bendering, the 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 fluidity between like what is presumed to be a like female only. Realm. The fact that you then have this goddess and a very prominent artist, uh, like goddess of, to have potentially a set of genitalia that does not, uh, ascribe to the current concept of what is modern femininity
0: is fascinating. I love it. I love her. (laughs) I needed to get it off my chest.
1: I'm glad you could get it off your chest. Uh, much like the breasts that we all thought. Exactly. Much like the breasts we all thought. Once upon a time. Literally, a lot of this has changed. Like, a lot of the ways that we're taught about goddesses have changed. And, like, even in the last four or five years.
0: Yeah.
1: Over the past decade, everything has just been like, mm, nah. what if maybe we didn't <laughs> talk about things like this, guys? Nah. Maybe we're wrong. And I'm happy to be wrong. Oh, I love being wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Do it over and over and over again. Love it. Anyway. <laughs> this is a lot. one. Elena, thank you. Listen. Elena, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. Thank you too, Stephanie. <laughs> this was fun. This was so much fun. Love it. On, baby. I love it. What a great episode. I Now... Uh, can't wait to hurt you with our next episode. No, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Mm. I got to bully Elena for the next upcoming movie. Please, don't y'all be be aren't communism. ready. Please don't be
0: communism. Please don't be
1: communism. <laughs> oh man, no, not communism. Yes, not communism. <laughs> but for all of your non-communist updates. Newsletters, transcripts, blog posts, and more. Head on over to our website at bywrpod.com. You can
0: also find us at bywrpod on Instagram or at bywrpod on Twitter. And you can also follow us or message us on at bywrpod at gmail.com. Yeah, hit us with a G chat. Why not? Let's do it. But of course,
1: you can also support us on Patreon. Our Patreon is the best way to support us. If you like the work that we're doing here at BiWAP, come say hi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wash your hands. (laughs) Don't touch your face. Please, guys, don't do it. God. And remember, when Ah! in doubt... Titty out, y'all. Thank you so much. <laughs> literally, titty out.
1: Literally, literally. Please, tit out. Mask on. Love is it. That, is that so much? <laughs> I'm just angry. Okay, guys. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you. And then it. <laughs> <Mwah>. <laughs> Bye. Bye.